This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for being the great encourager of the hearts. Lord, thank you for lifting us up. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Thank you, Lord, that you have given us our Lord Jesus, so that we can answer that question by saying we should not be cast down. We pray, Lord, that as we open your word now and study that you would, Lord, lift us up in Jesus' name, amen. Please turn in your Bible to the second chapter of Nahum, second chapter of Nahum, and follow along here as I read this chapter here. It's gonna be our our text this morning, Nahum chapter two, Nahum chapter two, verse one. He that dasheth in pieces, is come up before thy face. Keep the munition, watch the way, make thy loins strong, fortify thy power mightily. For the Lord hath turned away the excellency of Jacob as the excellency of Israel. For the emptiers have emptied them out and marred their vine branches. The shield of his mighty men is made red, the valiant men are in scarlet, the chariots shall be with flaming torches in the day of his preparation and the fir trees shall be terribly shaken. The chariots shall rage in the streets. They shall jostle one against another in the broad ways. They shall seem like torches. They shall run like the lightnings. He shall recount his worthies. They shall stumble in their walk. They shall make haste to wall thereof. And the defense shall be prepared. The gates of the river shall be opened and the palace shall be dissolved. And Huzab shall be led away captive. She shall be brought up and her maids shall lead her as with the voice of doves tabbering upon their breasts. But Nineveh is of old like a pool of water, yet they shall flee away. Stand, stand, shall they cry, but none shall look back. Take ye the spoil of silver, take the spoil of gold, for there is none an end of the store and the glory out of all the pleasant furniture. She's empty and void and waste, and the heart melteth, and the knees smite together. Much pain is in all the loins, and the faces of them shall gather blackness. Where's the dwelling of the loins and the feeding place of the young lions where the lion, even the old man, walked and the lions whelped and none made them afraid? The lion did tear in pieces enough for his whelps and the strangled for his lionesses and filled his holes with prey and his dens with raven. Behold, I am against thee, saith the Lord of hosts, and I will burn her chariots in the smoke and the sword shall devour thy young lions and I will cut off thy prey from the earth and the voice of thy messengers shall no more be heard. So now in this chapter, we come to Nineveh. And Nineveh is facing here, this is a terrible chapter for Nineveh because Nineveh is facing an unavoidable judgment of God. 
Nam 2 1, Nam 2 1. He that dasheth in pieces is come up before thy face. This is the time of Nineveh's destruction, the most terrible time that Nineveh has faced. Whenever there's a terrible time that a person comes to, like the city of Nineveh, it's common for that person to hear three voices. The first voice is the voice of the adversary. This is the voice of the devil. This is the voice of the person that is against us. And the message is always the same. As a matter of fact, sometimes people tell me, I heard voices, I hear voices, I literally hear voices. Voices, and then whenever someone tells me that, that they hear voices, I always say, wait, wait, don't tell me. I know what the voices are saying to you. I already know. They're saying for you to kill yourself. And the people say, how'd you know that? Because it's always the same. Because Satan's goal is death. Satan is, Hebrews 2.14, Hebrews 2.14, he is him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. He loves death. He loves death. He wants to lead people into death. Suicide is his goal. It's his dream because Satan is the one who is described in John 10.10, John 10.10. He is the one that has come to steal and to kill and to destroy. The voice of Satan in a time of great crisis or impossible trouble is, there's no way out. This is no way out. Just kill yourself. It's easy. You escape your crisis, you commit suicide, you escape your trouble, it's just so simple. Just take some moment, it'll all be over so soon. Instant relief, it's done, it's gone. Like Ernest Hemingway, Ernest Hemingway who got up one morning when he was 60 years old in Idaho, didn't wake his wife, went down to the basement, got his favorite shotgun, came up into the foyer and blew his head off. That's Satan's way. Satan, but suicide does not end at all. Suicide is not the great escape because Jesus said in John 5, 28, John 5, 28, marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice, and they shall come forth, they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. Every person in the grave will hear the voice of Jesus Christ. They will hear him calling him out to one of two resurrections, either the resurrection, as he said, of life, or the resurrection of damnation. No one will stay in their grave forever. Everyone will rise. But a person says, well, I'll make sure that I am completely destroyed, that I no longer exist. My shotgun will blow my head off. The cremation will reduce me to ashes. The depths of the ocean will absolutely be the finish of me. But the truth of God is that God is able to reform a person's body from cremation ashes, from the digestion of worms, from the disintegration in the ocean, because God is the one who originally created man in Genesis 2-7, Genesis 2-7, the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the earth. 
It was no problem for God to form man from dust, and it's certainly no problem for God to reform man from scattered ashes on the sea, or worms' digestions, or the ocean's disintegration. No one can escape rising from the grave to either one of these two resurrections, just like in court when the judge enters in and the statement is made, all rise, everyone will rise from the grave. But in a time of great trouble, there's also a second voice, and this second voice is the voice of God, opposite to the voice of Satan. And God's message is always the same as given to us in the first chapter of this book, in Nahum chapter one, verse seven, Nahum chapter one, verse seven, where the statement is made, the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust in him. God's voice to the troubled soul from Nahum 1.7 is the Lord is good, and the good Lord always has the same message, and the same message is come home, come home, because God is good. God's voice in Nahum 1.7 is run to me, run to me. I am a stronghold in the day of trouble. God's voice from Nahum 1.7 is he knoweth them that trust in him, that trust God. And when I say God, I mean Jesus Christ because God is defined in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the definition of God. If you want to know what God is like, if you want to know who God is, you look at Jesus Christ because he is God. God's voice says, trust by surrendering by surrendering all to Jesus Christ. Trust Jesus Christ for the future you know, trust Jesus Christ for the future you don't know, all. Trust Jesus Christ by surrendering means to follow what David did when he was in great trouble. David couldn't have been in a bigger trouble when he forced a man's wife and then murdered her husband, and then David said of the trouble he was in. In 2 Samuel, 2414, 2 Samuel 2414, David said, let us now fall into the hand of the Lord, for his mercies are great. Trusting Jesus Christ means falling into his hand. It means counting on the mercy of Jesus Christ. The chastening will be there, but it will be measured. The, the correction will be there, but it will be limited in terms of how much suffering there is because there's mercy with Jesus Christ, and this is what David said. Let me now fall into the hand of God because in his hand is mercy. That's the second voice, a voice that when a person is in trouble, he hears the voice of God, and the voice of God is always the same. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Trust in Jesus Christ with all your heart. But then there's a third voice. The third voice is the one that comes deep down within the soul, and this is the voice of self-reliance. This is the voice of self-confidence. This is the voice that says, you have what you need inside of you. And this voice is always the same. This voice is also an evil voice, but this voice is saying, you've been through so many problems before, and you yourself have come out of them all by your own power, all by your own ingenuity, all by your own intelligence, 
all by your own strength. And now you are able to think and come up with a plan and fight your way out of this trouble just like you've done in the past. That's the voice of self that does reject the voice of Satan saying to commit suicide. That's the voice of self that does reject the voice of God saying to trust Christ. That's the voice of self that says, I can do it without God. I'm strong. I can overcome. I can prevail in this problem. I can do it all alone by myself. This was the voice. This was the voice that Nineveh chose to hear and follow. And Nahum chapter two is the outcome of that history. And that's why it's so important to us. Because what's very important for us to realize about Nineveh is that 100 years earlier, that great city of Nineveh repented of their sins. We all know that from the book of Jonah. The preaching of Jonah told Nineveh that you have 40 days, Nineveh, 40 days before you're going to be totally destroyed by God for your sins. And Nineveh responded to God. Nineveh trusted in the mercy of God. Nineveh threw themselves into the hand of the mercy of God and counted on his mercy, as it says in Jonah 3.9, Jonah 3.9, when Nineveh said, who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? And God saw their works that they turned from their evil way and God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them and he did it now, 100 years later. Nineveh's in the same boat again. They've returned to their old sins. They've turned away from God, not listening to the voice of Satan to just end their lives, not listening anymore to the voice of God, but saying, we miss it. And when they missed it, they were like, the Bible says, they were like a dog returning to his vomit. Nineveh has returned to the vomit of all their old sins, and now there's a, Nineveh, that's not one of the past, and Nahum, like Jonah, has proclaimed the destruction of Nineveh when it says in Nahum 1.6, Nahum 1.6, who can stand before his indignation? Who can abide in the fierceness of his anger? His fury is poured out like fire, and the rocks are thrown down by him. This is Nahum, who has now taken up the position of Jonah but the tragedy is, Nineveh is deciding not to listen to the voice of God in Nahum 1.7. This time, Nineveh has decided to listen to that evil voice of self, of self. And Nineveh has said to themselves, we are strong. We can succeed. We have ammunition against the Babylonians who were their enemy. We have ammunition. We have lookout guards. We have strong legs. We have power. No one can get to us, not even God. And God looks at the self-trusting Nineveh and he says, you say you have a great stock of ammunition? Fine then. Verse one, Nahum 2.1, Nahum 2.1. Keep the munition. God says, you say that you have the best lookout guards to warn you and protect you? Fine then. Nahum 2.1, verse one, verse one. Watch the way. God says, you say you've got strong legs? Fine then, Nahum 2.1. Make thy loins strong. 
You say you have great power, fine then, verse one, verse one, fortify thy power mightily. As Nineveh prepared to fight her way out of her trouble, there was just one problem, and it's the problem of everyone who tries to live a life independent of God. And the problem is verse 13. Verse 13, Nahum 2, 13. Behold, I am against thee, saith the Lord of hosts. I'll burn her chariots in the smoke and the sword shall devour young lions, etc. God is against Nineveh. So all the strength and the preparations for war are not gonna be enough because God is the enemy of Nineveh. And sometimes when a person is very deep in trouble, very serious trouble, the problem is not with man, the problem is with God. The problem is verse 13, behold, I am against thee. And in the Hebrew in verse 13, when it says, I am against thee, it's really very simple words that say, I to you, that's how it reads. I to you, which paints the picture of God standing right in the way of the person who's rebelling against God. Just like a person who's, who's marching down the road of rebellion against God and God stands right in his way to block that person and says to that person, I'm confronting you, you can't see me, but I'm against you. Just like Balaam's donkey, that Balaam says, I'm going, I'm going, and the donkey sees the angel with the sword and the donkey doesn't move, and, but Balaam doesn't see. And this is what's happening with Nineveh that God's against them. They think it's just a problem of the Babylonians. We've got munitions, we've got lookout guards, we're strong, we've got strong legs, et cetera, but they don't realize that God's against them and that's where a person has to come in their lives when they realize that a life of independence against God, a life of rebellion is against God. It's against God, against God. And God is saying, like he said to the apostle Paul, Paul, don't you realize in your fighting against me, you're fighting against Jesus Christ, that you're kicking against a thorn bush? It's hard, isn't it, Paul? It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks, he said. And the more that a person strives against his, what he perceives his opponents in life, the more he comes to realize that there's something that's just unexplainable about all the problems I'm having. God is behind all these opponents. And Nineveh discovered that with all the I wills in verse 13, verse 13, God says, I am against thee. God says, I will burn chariots. God said, I will cut off the prey. And when God told Nineveh in verse 13, the voice of thy messengers shall no more be heard. God was talking about the messengers that God has sent to Nineveh. Nahum the prophet was the last prophet to Nineveh. There comes a time in a person's life when God says, I've said enough, it's done now. And God says, I'm not sending any more messengers to you, Nineveh. God said, I'm finished sending messengers to you. He had sent all the messengers needed to Nineveh. And maybe at that point, Nineveh said, finally, relief, great. Maybe a person says, finally, stop telling me. Like one person said to me, Tommy, do we have to hear that Jesus died for my sins? And God says, okay. But even though God was against Nineveh, and even though God was fighting against Nineveh, Nineveh still had the voice of God saying to them, come home, Nineveh. Come back, Nineveh. Fall down now as you fell down in the past. 
Cast yourself into the hand of God as you did in the past. Trust in God's goodness and mercy as you did in the past. But God says that what's going to happen to Nineveh when they do not do that and fall into the hand of God and beg for his mercy, God says that he would send the Babylonians to destroy Nineveh, and they did. Nineveh was the capital of the Assyrians, and God calls the Babylonians the emptiers. The emptiers in verse two, verse two. The emptiers have emptied them out. I never heard of a word like that before, the emptier. But what a graphic word that is to describe what happens to what happened to Nineveh, what happens to a person who turns away from the Savior, from Jesus Christ, the Savior that he once knew. That person thinks he's getting his freedom. He thinks he's got liberty. He thinks as he rejects Christ, but to turn from Christ is to turn to the great emptier, Satan himself. And Christ put it so well in John 10, 9. John 10, 9, he said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and he shall go in and out and find pasture. That's freedom. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. But the emptier is described in John 10, 10. The emptier is a thief who empties by stealing. The emptier is the murderer who empties by killing. The emptier is the destroyer who empties by breaking down. And when a person turns away from Jesus Christ, that person turns to the emptier, to the devil, the ultimate emptier, which is why in Simon and Garfunkel's song about America, on the, the boy and the girl on the bus, the boy says, Kathy, I'm lost. I said, though I knew she was sleeping, I'm empty and aching and I don't know why. What a life statement. I'm empty and aching and I don't know why. And when anyone turns away from Christ, they don't know why. They're turning to Satan, the great emptier. At first, there's this feeling of fullness. It's great. It's an eventually, though, Satan, the great emptier, will make that person say, I'm empty and aching, and I don't know why. That's what the devil does. In verse two, verse two, the emptiers have emptied them out. And when a person turns away from Christ and comes to the end of his life and he tries to look forward, he sees nothing but, verse 10, verse 10, she's empty and void and waste and the heart melteth and the knees smite together. Much pain is in all the loins, and the faces of them all gather blackness. That word in the Hebrew for verse 10, the faces of them all gather blackness, reads, the faces of them all collect paleness, an anxiety that generates a paleness. What a statement at the end of life. I'm empty and aching, and I don't know why, because they don't see the devil as the great emptier but they see the work of the devil in verse two. Verse two, the emptiers have emptied them out. But by contrast to the emptier, the devil who empties out is Christ, who is the filler. He's the filler who makes full. In John 10, John 10 again, he says, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. The devil comes to steal, 
Christ comes to give. Luke 12, 32, Luke 12, 32. Fear not, little flock. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The devil comes to kill. Christ comes to give life and give it more abundantly. John 10, 28, John 10, 28. I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. The devil comes to destroy and Christ comes to build up, Colossians 2.6. Colossians 2.6, as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him. Tom Cantor's messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. For other free resources, email us at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. Join our live services on YouTube by searching Friendship with God with Tom Cantor every Sunday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.